The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know that on every episode of the show, I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Joining me today is an old friend and colleague, James Maskell. I am thrilled to have him on the show. This is the show is so fun, by the way, because it's such an opportunity to connect with people that I haven't seen in a long time and to really find out what they're up to. Let me tell you about James. He's got the soul of an advocate and the mind of an entrepreneur. He spent the last decade sparking debate, innovating at the cross-section of functional medicine and community. To that end, he created the Functional Forum, the world's largest integrative medicine conference with record-setting participation online and growing physician communities around the world. His organization and best-selling book of the same name Evolution of Medicine prepares health professionals for this new era of predictive, preventive medicine. Yes. He is also the founder of New Health, an affordable alternative to health insurance. He is a demand speaker, impresario, being featured on TedMed, HuffPost Live, and TEDx, as well as lecturing internationally. I just found out he now lives in Sacramento, California with his wife and daughter. Welcome to the show, James. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, great to be here. Really excited to to reconnect. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We both sort of do our own thing uh, in sort of parallel worlds, and it's great to bring it together in this kind of venue. I love it. You know, I met James, uh, I think it's been years, maybe five or six years ago. And he was trailblazing at the time, and he's right. I was kind of off in my own little path in my own little world, but I knew he was up to amazing stuff. And it sounds like he's done all kinds of great work in the interim. Let's talk about a couple of things. Why the Functional Forum? Why New Health? What is your passion and motivation behind driving this innovation in medicine? And that, by the way, is where you and I intersect, because I, for some reason, continue to be driven by this almost irrational notion that I'm going to change medicine, and I think you feel very much the same way. Absolutely, and I think we see it quite the same too. I mean, for me, uh, you know, this passion was sort of started when I was doing health economics at university, you know, and I saw the trends, right? The numbers were kept going up. We were going to run out of money. America was going to run out of money. UK was going to run out of money. All medical systems were going to run out of money because the costs keep going up. Any return on investment from either government or business or people was not working out. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand it. And I and I was just, it always like, you know, it was always interesting to me. Um, I took a path out of university where I thought I need to be an investment banker and just very quickly realized that that was not my path. I wanted to be creative. I want to solve problems. And, you know, the reason why this this health thing kept on gnawing away at me is that, you know, I grew up and I I could have out myself in my, my latest book, but I grew up in community. So I grew up in an intentional community. I was born in America and I was definitely the weird kid at school that did natural medicine. So my parents, like no one knew what a chiropractor was. Uh Um, When I went to school, I was the only kid in school whose mom said, don't give him antibiotics unless, you know, you call me first. So, you know, it just stuck in my head. Like somehow my mother had like, had sort of um, had this concept that I shouldn't have antibiotics 30 years before the science with no medical training. And I was just like, how did she know? Like what was going on there? And, you know, in that moment, I just decided like, 
this might be my problem to solve. This might be an area that, you know, something the way that I was brought up that was sort of weird at the time. It just started to make a lot of sense. And 15 years ago, I, I quit my job and I moved to America and I actually moved quite near to where you are. I moved to Georgia. I still have a 770 uh -huh. area code That's on my phone right. to this we day. We talked about that. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, and in my what, first what job, I, I, I worked in a clinic and I saw okay. chronic disease reversal, right? I saw people get off medication and lose the label of whatever disease they'd come in with. And I just knew at that point that that was something that not many people knew about. This is 2005. And that that was like a foundation for solving this very complex, very vexing riddle. But that ultimately, you know, I really wanted to understand what was happening, right? What was happening to those patients where I would see not just the labels fall away, but people visibly transform, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then what was the mechanism? And then how could we scale it up? And that's been a 15 year journey so far. I've probably got another 50 years in me. So I we'll see. It. Yeah, I get it. I'm in the same place. And I think for, for many of you that know me and, and talk to me, I think it's the same thing. Just watching you guys transform before our eyes is incredibly motivating and whenever I get tired I'm sure James feels the same way it's it's knowing that there's still so much work to do and we have to still charge ahead so what purpose do you feel like you've started so many different things let's dial let's dial into each of them what purpose does the functional forum serve what do you think that what do you think that's done for the for this movement so to speak that you and I really believe in and same question for new health same question. Yeah. For well, I'll ahead. just go through them in, in sort of, I guess, chronological yeah. order. So, yeah. you know, after I worked in that clinic, I started selling to doctors who were doing this kind of work. So I would now go into these offices, you know, some of them were physicians like yourself, some were chiropractors, some were naturopathic doctors, some were acupuncturists. And in a five to seven year time frame, I learned more about the industry than I think uh, a lot of people because I'm literally calling and going into all different offices every day. So I'm seeing how it's being done. I'm learning about all the different modalities. Then in about 2012, I found out about functional medicine. And the reason why it stood apart to me was one is that it was scientific enough to get actual doctors to come along right. like yourself, mm -hmm. physicians, but also that there was a, like an operating system where everyone kind of did it the same. And I thought that that was really important if we were going to scale it up. So I started the functional forum because I just realized the barriers to become a functional doctor from being a regular doctor were so massive. Like you had to right. fly to it, you had to find out about it, pay for the conference, fly to the conference, listen to the information, hope to retain as much as possible in the, even though, you know, it's 5% that you remember. And I was just like, the odds are stacked against anyone being a functional right. medicine doctor, any doctor. So we started a meetup in New York for functional medicine doctors and I created a stage show where I was the host and I would have different people speak. And the goal was make it way easier for doctors to find out about functional medicine because it was free and online. And two, mm -hmm. make it look like it's fun and cool to be a functional right. medicine doctor. Right. And that's why I put on initially like doctors that were aspirational. I remember you came on the podcast to talk about mm -hmm. it too. You know, 75% of functional medicine doctors were women. So I was like, let's put on Taz and Kelly Brogan and other people yeah. that are like making it look good. And that was the original goal. So that quickly became you know, a movement where we had doctors in 
six continents in all 50 states tuning in and getting in little groups to learn about functional medicine. And so the first step was really like, let's build the army, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we need way more doctors who think and act like this. And then, you know, this, that was the first phase. And then the next phase is our, let's give everyone access to this army. That's it. Wonderful. And then new health. I'm so curious about that. And then I want to talk about your book as well. But talk to us about new health. So this is a health insurance for functional and alternative medicine, which does have a reputation of being, which it is, it's out of pocket because most conventional systems can't accommodate to it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I just, I recognized right from the beginning that for most people who get their like, you know, health plan through their health insurance, you know, that, that they, that sort of dictates the kind of care they get. Right. You have to be kind of an outlier to pay cash outside of your health insurance plan right. for a, another random right. doctor. And right. so I was like, look, what if, you know, when I, I also, I, you know, had a daughter and I had to find a pediatrician and the pediatrician that I wanted, you know, didn't take insurance. Right. right. The, the, if I had had insurance, they weren't going to pay for the home birth that I wanted. So I was like, why would I even pay for this? Like, what's it doing for me? And at the same time, I came across this very American concept called a Christian health cost sharing ministry. Yep. And uh -huh. it was so much cheaper than health insurance that, you know, I could I could save over a thousand dollars a month and still get sort of comparable services. And then I could use that, you know, the pediatrician was three hundred dollars an appointment. I could go and see him once a quarter and still be so far ahead and get exactly the care that I want. So yeah. that was sort of what started me on the process. And I saw these Christian health cost sharing ministries grow like so quickly. And um, I saw that that kind of gave people freedom as to the kind of providers that they would choose. And I thought this is a good idea. And it grew really rapidly because of the Obamacare mandate. And I thought to myself, if you could, if you could pair something like medical cost sharing, which really is basically taking down your downside risk of being hit by a car. Like if you get hit by a car, someone right. else is going to pay because those things could happen to anyone. You get a crazy cancer diagnosis, like those things right. can just happen to you. But generally you want people to be incentivized to be healthy. And I thought also that, you know, if, if, if there was ever a chance that I could start my own cost sharing community and have the religion be like health, right? Where everyone could be from any religion. Like I lived in New York, I lived in LA, I had Jewish friends, I played cricket. So I had like Muslim right. friends and Hindu yeah. friends. Yeah. I was like, let's make something where the religion is, is health. And then the law changed on January 1st, 2018. And we just went for it. And I started the business. I did a 26 um, event tour around the country in a bus with my family. And uh, we launched that this year. Uh, uh, last year and yeah it was it was one hell of a journey i don't think i'd get an in an rv again but it was it was uh, <laughs> I can't see that. it's successful oh it runs today and you know it's up and running and it's been it's a it's another piece in the puzzle that's amazing what an amazing innovator you are now your latest book i have yep. a feeling is linked to all of this it's called the community cure Talk to us about that, how it relates to what you've seen and what you're hoping for when it comes to medicine, people, healing, empowerment, all of the above. Yeah, well, look, we, we still haven't solved the problem, right? So I'm still going. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, you know, the truth is there's a couple of things. So one on the community cure, like 
I talk about new health there, like community cost sharing is sort of like a way that community changes insurance. Um, and that's one example. But the purpose of the community cure is really that, you know, when I started to recognize, like for all the talk about root cause medicine, which if you want to sort of boil down functional medicine, what are we really talking about? We're getting to the root cause of the condition, right? right. If the root mm -hmm. cause is lifestyle, then we need to change the lifestyle. If the root cause is like environmental insult, we need to deal with that. Like we're really just looking to see what caused this and how can we work this out at the level of the cause. So that was really important to me. And what I, what I started to realize was one, you know, functional medicine delivered by doctors like yourself could never really make it to poor people, right? The poorest right. in community, like even if you take insurance, you're probably not taking Medicare or Medicaid, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, there's this elephant in the room, which is the biggest cause, the, the, you know, the, the cause that is a bigger cause than lifestyle, a bigger cause than smoking, a bigger cause than alcoholism or nutrition is loneliness. Yeah. And, you know, and we weren't really doing anything. There wasn't really a plan to deal with it. Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, loneliness is bad, but there's no billing code for it and there's no right. real plan to solve it. And about five years ago, right before I started the Functional Forum, I heard a lecture by a doctor friend of mine and she talked about for the first time, it was the first time it registered in my head, which was what she called um, a functional medicine group visit. Right. Where instead of in your case, instead of seeing women one by one who maybe have like hormone imbalance, why not get 20 women in a group who are all, you know, having hormone imbalance, introduce themselves to each other, you know, and, and create like a mini community where they would support each other to get well and start to implement healthy behaviors, hold each other accountable and, you know, really introduce maybe very isolated people to each other. I mean, think about the kind of people that are, are coming into your office. You know, we, it's not that long ago that we lived in community. You know, a lot of people in Atlanta live behind the white picket fence and probably are quite lonely. Like I know mm -hmm. in my family, you know, we've had the, those kind of issues. And what I started to see was that this group model really solved two things. It, it, it's, it could create, recreate community, but it could also create a structure by which now medical systems, not just one-off doctors, whole medical systems could adopt functional medicine and it would be profitable to deliver for the hospital and it would be efficient that it would get to everyone and you could do it on Medicare and Medicaid and insurance. And the sort of ball dropped for me when I did that tour, that 26 um, uh, city tour, as part of it, I toured the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine, which was like yeah. really the first major medical institution to adopt functional medicine right. and i mm -hmm. saw the way that they were doing it and the way that they did it was they had such a massive waiting list of people that were waiting they said look you can see one of our doctors here but you have to go through a 10-week two-hour-a-week group program that they call functioning for life where essentially health coaches dietitians and pas would take patients through this process of essentially learning self-efficacy right? Mm -hmm. How do you take care of yourself? How do you eat? How do you sleep? How do you stress? How do you read your own labs? Like this whole kind of training in how to use your body and what it does and how to make right. it work. Uh -huh. And the results were spectacular. 
like 40% of people went up by five promise score points, which is unbelievable, like unheard of in conventional medicine, you know, and, and so I just realized like, this is it, right? This is going to be the way that functional medicine makes it to everyone. It's, it's more effective. You know, the peer to peer dynamic sort of takes the weight of behavior change off the shoulders of the patient and distributes it amongst the group. And I just said to myself, I need to learn everything about this. So I put a, APB out to my community and I was like, I want to learn everything about groups. I did tons of interviews and it started as a podcast series for the uh, Evolution of Medicine podcast, which I've been doing for Mm -hmm. four years. And after the first interview, I interviewed this guy called Dr. Jeff Geller, who's like the group visit guru. And after the first interview, I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. And this has to be a book. And that was the beginning of this concept. And so the book is called The Community Cure. It's called Transforming Health Outcomes Together. And ultimately it showcases the power of group delivered medicine. Wow. So what is it about the synergy of a group? And does that group have to have commonality? Do they have to have commonality by diagnoses, by gender, by condition, by socioeconomic status? Or is it a true sort of social experiment that it doesn't matter where you're walking in from or what door you're coming through when you bring people together you can implement change so so tell me a little bit about what makes a group successful leave alone an individual well the interesting thing is that i've discovered is that yes to all of what you said like it's not really an either or right so you have you have really good examples so the biggest group visit that exists right now is called centering pregnancy And all Mm -hmm. it is, is taking women who are pregnant and putting them in a group together and having them go through a process of being pregnant together. And it reduces preterm births by a third in the Mm -hmm. poorest, you know, uh, uh, areas of America. So that's just one example of literally just like these people all have the same quote unquote condition. It's not a condition, but they have the same thing that they're going through and therefore they can empathize with each other. They can share with each other and they can support each other through you know, a period in a woman's life where community is is the default for millennia and only right. for the first time in history are women having their kids in isolation, right? So there's that part. You know, there are perfect examples of condition-related ones. So Dr. Jeff Geller, you know, his his first groups were diabetes groups and he knew that they should be loneliness groups, but it's hard to like recruit people into a loneliness group. <laughs> You know, people that want to sign up for that doesn't sound that that cool, right? But, you know, some of those groups are still going 20 years later where people value it so much. And guess what? After the third year, no one's got type 2 diabetes anymore because, you know, people have put got the healthy behaviors. They've got healthy in that three. So what does the group do for the next 17 years? They do cooking club and they do gardening and they do salsa dancing. And, And this was in a group of of like uninsured or mainly uninsured immigrants. This is not like, um, you know, this is, you know, different, very different group of people. And, and then to your ask question, like I've attended a group visit in Oakland, California, where it was everyone from kind of like hipsters to homeless people. And the vibe was incredible. Like it was really a, just a kind of a group of people, the diversity actually, was 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 really valuable because people were hearing from different you know experiences and it was actually really really fascinating to go and be there so 
you know, we're early days in the group medicine movement, but I would say mm -hmm. what I see so far is that there are benefits to being in diverse groups. There are very benefits to being in homogenous groups. And that ultimately, I think what is really important is that everyone has a place where they can be seen and be heard and whatever that looks like. I think that's amazing. And for all of those, for any of you who are watching or listening today, I think the message may be that you might hear that integrative functional holistic medicine is expensive, it's for the rich, uh, you're priced out of it. But I think many of us that are passionate about the field continue to try to innovate and solve this problem and try to figure out how to narrow the gap of wanting to deliver really great care and individualized care, but at the same time, you know, doing it in a way that works um, from a from a business standpoint as well. And I think the group model is a great option. So wherever you are, whatever community you might be living in, see if there is a group model, a group community cure for you. And sometimes if it's not in medicine, it may just be a social group that you've created of like-minded people. And sometimes that can be incredibly healing as well. James, is there anything yeah, else? Yeah, let me, let me, can would... I, I'd love to yeah, just continue on that point there. Like, so yeah. first and foremost, you're hundred percent right. Like medicine, I think is the place to develop these first groups because there's budget allocated for it, right? And that's why we're seeing doctors, primary care doctors and other yeah. kinds of doctors building these groups because they can take insurance, they can take Medicare, Medicaid, there's someone else to pay for them. But the most exciting groups are actually groups that have been created outside of medicine altogether where people are like keeping themselves out of the system by being in these kind of groups. And so in the book, I talk about there's cancer groups, there's autoimmune groups, um, there's women's groups, you know, there's all kinds of groups that are being created where the goal is, you know, again, just, you know, support and, and, uh, and connection. And these are moving nationwide. And so, yes, doctors can and medical systems can build these groups and it's a good place for people to be for people who are chronically ill. But, you know, there are plenty of ways that you could just start your own group and use online tools to create offline connections and yeah. build groups of, uh, you know, that can be mutually supportive. And it doesn't really matter what the content of the groups is. It's really about finding ways to build trust and to, you know, have that kind of peer to peer support. And I'm all in. Like I go to CrossFit because it's group you know, group uh, workout. Yeah. I have a men's group um, that I work with where I'm like sitting with emotionally mature men and dealing with my stuff. And yeah. I think that, you know, for everyone who's listening, finding those kind of things can be transformational for your state of mind and also for your health. It's so, so true. I mean, we are born to exist in community, men and women, and we need each other to really accomplish our goals, to move forward. It's the same thing I tell my team that we are always better together than I ever was by myself. And I'll continue to, to ring that bell and drive that message home until we have closed the loop on this conversation in medicine. But James, thank you for your time today. The book is The Community Cure. Where can people find the book? Uh, it's out January 14th. From the 14th to the 18th, it'll be available for free download. But from then on, it'll be on Amazon or wherever you find your books uh, online. Um, my goal is really just to get this information out to as many people as possible. Um, I chose to self-publish this book so that we could just give it away because ultimately awesome. the value really comes from people doing the groups. It's not from, you know, making money from the book. And so right. if you do get the book and you find a way, please, you know, give it to someone else, email it out to other people. You have my full permission. 
Wow. So impressed with you always. Thank you for being the pioneer, the innovator, the driver, the game changer that you are. It's wonderful to connect with you. I think you're on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. James Maskell, M-A-S-K-E-L-L, right? I have that right? That's right. Okay. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. And for everybody else, go find a group. Thank you for taking the time to join this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Please rate and review it and share it with your friends. For everybody else, I will see you next time.